Welcome to the Operation Miss Podcast, where we provide moms with tools to survive pregnancy and thrive postpartum. From healthcare providers and organizations to Miss Moms and moms who survived near-death complications, each conversation will equip moms to have a safer motherhood journey, whether preparing for pregnancy, currently pregnant, or recovering postpartum. It is our sincere prayer that all women who listen will leave with a missed mentality, one where she asks questions unashamedly so she can have what she needs to make an informed decision, where she has more trust in her body's design than she does in medical intervention, and where she allows her data to guide her lifestyle so she shows up to motherhood in her best health. Now, let's listen to today's episode. Welcome to the Operation Miss Podcast, where we provide moms with tools to survive pregnancy and thrive postpartum. From healthcare providers and organizations to Miss Moms and moms who survive near-death complications, each conversation will equip moms to have a safer motherhood journey, whether preparing for pregnancy, currently pregnant, or recovering postpartum. It is our sincere prayer that all women who listen will leave with a missed mentality, one where she asks questions unashamedly so she can have what she needs to make an informed decision, where she has more trust in her body's design than she does in medical intervention, and where she allows her data to guide her lifestyle so she shows up to motherhood in her best health. Now, let's listen to today's episode. everybody thank you for listening to the operation miss podcast where we are tackling the maternal health crisis in our country and we're trying to help more black and brown moms survive pregnancy and thrive postpartum i'm one of your co-hosts jessica and i have Catherine here and she's going to introduce our special guest what's up Catherine? Hello, everybody, and hello, Brittany. We are so happy to have you on. Goodness, it's been months, I think, since we first fell in love with you, and um, the journey has just been more and more beautiful as we as we've gotten to know you better. So I know that um, I think that it was the the shocking nature of your experience at the hospital that really helped us just bond with each other initially, but then just the way that you love and you show up and you support and you share, it really adds a lot to everything that's being done with Operation Miss because moms need it and they need it on a regular basis. And you know of that need, right? More than a lot of people because of not only because of your experience at the hospital, but afterwards. So we're happy to have you on today to tell a little bit about your story. Me, <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. I appreciate it. You're, You're so welcome. So <laughs> tell us, so tell us, um, well, tell the people who are listening how you heard about Operation Mist and why you decided to be a part. Okay, so um, I was contacted through Operation Mist. Um, I had started a... Um, Facebook group um, and you guys had got kind of wind of that Facebook group and then that's how we kind of met um, and Operation Mist for me has kind of been 
something new, exciting. and something that I can that's something that I have never seen out before that's something that I've never even heard of that you could possibly do so to to be able to be monitored on a watch and kind of see where I am um postpartum and just daily um has definitely been a blessing for me so um it tells me so Operation Mist um they monitor me on these watches, uh, on watches, and they tell me um, where I am daily. So if I'm stressed out, if my heart rate is elevated, and kind of where that may be coming from. That would have been great for me um, while I was pregnant. So I know that if I do decide to have another one after this, um, <laughs> I would definitely be using um, Operation Mist to monitor me during my pregnancy to make sure that I have the best birth possible. So um, it's a wonderful resource and I want everybody that I know um, to know about what Operation Mist is and the initiative that you guys are doing for women of color and just women in general um, to help save us during pregnancy and then monitoring us after, so. Thank you. So we want to say two, well, a couple things. Um, the first thing is you talked about your Facebook group and we really want you to delve into what that is because it shows the heart of who you are and the beauty of who you are. So please talk about that. And then we feel like we told you how to use the watch, but I mean, you be texting us now and, you know, so you are really guiding your own recovery and it's so beautiful because the thing that I think about the most is, you know, you working out on a daily basis, keeping other moms accountable, really, you know, doing that, but your watch confirming for you that, yes, my body loves this. My body thrives when I move. And right. then also you running into, you know, sometimes if you might run into sickness or something like that, then you saying, okay, I need to take a step back. And then knowing when you can jump back in and exercise again, so that you're not falling into that statistic of, being one of the one thirds of, you know, 30% of women who die following delivery because you simply did not have the data to guide your activity. So kudos to you. We, I feel like <laughs> you're showing us the power of putting power and control into a mom's hands because we don't need our hands held forever. It's nice to have a support group. It's nice to have people that we can talk to and, and connect with. But it's also nice to be able to give a mom a tool and she say, I got this. I'll text you when um, to let you know what's going on with me today. It's beautiful, Brittany. So please start with the Facebook group and then, you know, say whatever you want to say in response to that in terms of how you're using it to recover and really be getting your best shape for the next pregnancy, if it happens. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so my Facebook group kind of came out of, um, I went on my Instagram the night I had my son because of the traumatic experience that I had. Um, so basically my, I wrote down my birth story and my birth story kind of insists of, um, I had multiple miscarriages before I had my son. I had about four miscarriages, all kind of early pregnancy. Um, there was no diagnosis on why I kept miscarrying, um, I did tests, I did like this uterus test where they um, put water in your uterus to see if your uterus is shaped weird. 
um, or if my cervix was in, uh, I think it's called incompetent. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. that they call a cervix incompetent, but yes. Yeah, is, cervix incompetent. Called. So they did all of that and all that was fine. I even did genetic testing um, and all of that came back fine as well. So I did not know why I was miscarrying, but with my son that I just had, who is uh, almost seven months um, <laughs> next week, um, when I had him, I had went into labor. Um, I had to wait in the waiting room for about two hours um, at Duke University. Um, I wasn't triaged. Um, no one came to take a temperature, a blood pressure, any of that. So mm. I will say if I had a A, a watch on and I was being monitored I probably would have been able to speak up louder for myself during that time rather than kind of just sitting back and just waiting for a room so yeah. um I didn't have a tool at that time to kind of speak for me I had to just say hey I, I think I'm in labor can someone help me kind of but they're like oh, you're fine you got time kind of thing mm. um so when I went back after waiting two hours in the waiting room and I'm having pains and contractions or whatever this feeling I was feeling because it didn't feel like real labor to me it kind of felt like a tightening um feeling and it was like a push down tightening feeling but I didn't know it was a contraction at the time I didn't know what it was because I already have a son um that's nine <laughs> he just turned nine so I had six but um he just turned nine so I know what labor, natural labor feels like because I went through natural labor with it, with like no medicines. I know what that would feel like. And I didn't kind of get that experience going in with having my son, Brayden. And I, it was five weeks early. So I was about 36, 36 weeks. Yeah. So I was 30, wow. I was about four weeks early. So I was 36 weeks when I went in. Um, so I was not supposed to have him, of course, at that time. So I go into the waiting room. And while I'm in the waiting room, they um, they come and check my cervix. They say, oh, you're not dilated. We know you're having some contractions that are back-to-back that are intense, but um, we're going to monitor you for, for 15 more minutes. And um, if you're not dilated, we're going to send you home. Mm. But 15 minutes later rush of doctors and nurses come in and they're like hey turn to your side turn to your side and I'm like oh what is going on and they're like the baby's heart rate is dropping we have to deliver the baby now and I'm like wait a minute but two minutes ago everything was fine what mm-hmm. How did that change um so I didn't even have time to like comprehend what was going on they're telling me they're gonna give me an epidural while I'll be awake and be able to you know, see that he's being born. But by the time I get to the OR, his heart rate is dropping even lower. And so they're like, like, we don't have time to give you epidural. We have to put you under general anesthesia. And, um, you know, everybody's just rushing around me in the operating room. And I'm just like, God, please cover me and my baby Brayden. And don't let nothing happen to us. And I was under. I don't, I don't even remember anything else. And then when I woke up, when you wake up from general anesthesia, you're kind of like out of it. Like you don't really know what's going on because you were asleep. <laughs> it's like you wake out of a deep sleep and you don't know what's going on. So I wake up and I'm in a, I know I'm in the hospital and I don't know what's going on. And I know I'm pregnant and I don't see my baby. So I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, 
wait, I'm pregnant, but I'm not pregnant anymore. Where's my baby? And they're like, oh, he's fine. He's with dad. So I kind of get a little calm, but I'm still out of it. Because when they put you under general anesthesia, you don't get medicine for pain. You, when you come out, after you come out and then you're awake and stuff, then they can give you medicine for the pain after they've already cut you open for your C-section. So, yeah. so I'm in pain and, and like delusional. And so I'm like, you know, where's the baby? They say he's with dad. And so I'm pretty sure it was probably an hour between he was born until I actually seen him um, because I had to wake up from anesthesia and so they take um they take me into the room and I don't even notice that my baby is there because I'm still out of it but he's with um his father and he's holding him and I come well he comes and he says hey do you want to hold him and I'm like okay yeah sure uh I think I said yeah I want to hold him but I'm pretty sure I didn't say like that I probably was like yeah, <laughs> you know, out of it. Cause he lays them on me and um, Brayden touches my face and he's like this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you're okay. But I'm in my, I still not like seeing that he's there kind of cause I'm still delusional. So he puts his hand on my face and he's like, oh, like he's okay. And so that mm. let me know that he was okay. But um, the cord was wrapped around his neck twice. And so that's why he was, his heart rate was dropping and he was losing oxygen. So I was just, and I, I went back and looked at this video, this old, old video today, and I am, in, but this baby made it because I was telling the lady I had miscarriages and I said, listen, I just want to make sure I'm okay because, you know, I've made it this far with this baby. Right. And not even two minutes later, I was having it. So, you know, every time I think about my story, I get a little emotional, get a little, you know, choked up again. You know, we could have not have made it that day, you know, yes, and so yes. I kind of put that out there on my Instagram with the video, like my whole birth story on my business. I put that out there, which I am not a person that tells my business, but I put it out there that day and that story went viral. Like even me reading it over again, every time it makes me emotional because I'm like, Dad, you know, God really promised me that he wasn't going to let me go through something like that again or go through getting like not having another child like I said God I can't like this is like the fourth time if it's if he's if the baby's not gonna come just don't let me get pregnant I'll, I'll do whatever you need <laughs> don't let it happen you know that's where I was at um so for me it was like God just confirmed and gave me promise and in that moment all I could do was kind of stand on trusting him that you know he was going to be okay. It was my like defined moment in life. Like, okay, you believe in me and you trust me. Let's see now. All right. And I had to stand on that. And so, you know, I thank God every day. I know everybody's not, you know, religious or whatever, but um, I thank God that, you know, we made it out that day and we were okay. So in all of that, <laughs> I started a Facebook support group for um, women of color because I felt like not enough people, I hear people talk about it here and there. And now there's been a couple of more, you know, buzz about it and initiatives like Oprah is doing some stuff about maternal health and stuff like that. But I don't think that there is, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that there is a support group um, that's out there 
that's kind of nationwide, not saying that might be nationwide, but nationwide that we can be there while they're pregnant, we can be there after they're pregnant to give women that support that they need or give them the support that they need if they're going through infertility, because that's a major thing for women to keep going after, you know, losing children. So I wanted to create that space for them. Um, so we're still small in number, but I believe that one day we will be mighty in number and hopefully everybody will be aware and that women will feel okay to speak up when they're, if they do have to deliver at the hospital, in my situation, I had no choice. I couldn't have a home birth and that they have the option to feel like, okay, I can speak up. Somebody's going to hear me. I'm not going to be overlooked, you know, things like that. So that's why I started my Facebook group. Brittany, you know, we are in love with you and I love how you, you're such a great storyteller. I love how you tell your story and because I'm a visual learner. Catherine knows this. So every time you tell your story, I can literally envision you in the waiting room and you move it, you know? So I just, I'm so happy that you and your baby made it too, because that's a really good point. Like this could have ended a different way, you know? And I'm so happy that you're, um, that you proclaim your faith and how we kind of took you throughout this journey. And now your baby is almost seven months. Exactly. Moving too much. No. <laughs> okay, see, this is what you was doing in the womb. You needed to be no. No, but here's the thing, Brittany, that I love about your story is that you listened to your body and you went into the hospital. Yeah. Sometimes if you're 36 weeks, then a woman's rationale might be there's no way I'm in labor. So I'll just That's exactly what I thought. Okay. So what That's made you exactly say? Let me go to the hospital. I, I want to remember what was happening that day. Mm-hmm. I was really aggravated to be <laughs> I was really aggravated. I don't even, I think um, actually the, the house that we are renting, um, the downstairs had flooded. So I was aggravated with that because there was construction going on at the bottom. Mm, okay. <laughs> Okay, sorry. There was construction going on at the bottom of my house. And I was aggravated that, okay, I'm pregnant. My house is flooded out here. They, oh, they still didn't fix this floor. Like I was aggravated. But um, I went to the bathroom. And usually when I go to the bathroom, I just like wipe and keep it going. But something said, something like was talking to me while I was going to the bathroom. was like, stop mm. when y'all wiped. And there was like, I don't even know, a drop, like a little drop, like a, if I didn't look at it, if I, I could have missed it, a little drop of blood, it was mm. a drop. And I said, my stomach has been hurting since yesterday, but I thought it was Braxton Hitch contractions because I was having those already. That's what I thought it was. But then it was like this, a, like a pull tightening feeling. So I don't know how our bodies work with umbilical cords and all of that. But if his cord was wrapped around his neck and was like pulling or tightening going on, that's what I was feeling. And so I was like, 
I don't want to go in because these people are working downstairs in my house and I don't want to leave my house unattended. But I just was like, okay, let me just go to make sure. And I called ahead of time and they said, hey, well, why don't you just come on in and we're going to check you. I said, okay, cool. But then when I got there, nobody was attending this. So yeah. that was my frustrating thing because I was like, okay, now I do actually feel like I'm in labor. I'm timing this. They're 20 minutes apart. They 10 minutes apart. And y'all telling me I'm not dilated. Something is not right. Something is something I didn't feel right when I went in. I just had this, I don't know, motherly instinct, I guess you call it. I just had this instinct that something ain't right. Even when they came in and everybody was not saying nothing at first, they were telling me to turn to my side. I said, oh, something is wrong. But they wouldn't tell me what was going on. I said, nope, something's not right. I don't know what's going on. Something's not right. So I don't know. I just had this instinct, I would say. Well, we're glad you followed your instinct. It is, um, we were talking with someone this morning, they were talking about the barriers to getting what we need. And the frustrating thing is that Brittany, you really had no choice. You're in the hospital room or the ER and no one's taking you back. So what do you do at that point? If you had said, let me go to another hospital, that would have been time that, you know, maybe you got to the next one and then they didn't tend to you either. And meanwhile, your baby is not getting the air that he needs to, to survive. And so it is scary to be in a situation where you feel powerless. And in fact, because of the way the healthcare system is designed, you have very little power. Um, it's, 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 your story makes me frustrated. Um, but because Jessica and I have heard enough of this, we are now making connections with people who do, who do direct primary care. So is it possible that you could have gone in when you were concerned to someone and they did an ultrasound and saw how the umbilical cord was, right? And then that would have been a better, a better, a faster um, answer to your question because what we know and what you have told us is that you still don't have answers as to what happened or why this happened or how that happens. Um, you know, it makes sense that, that exactly what you said, if you have a cord, the cord's supposed to be five feet long, which is not that long. Let's say it's five feet long. Now it's wrapped around something twice and it's only two feet long. Then yes, that feels weird. It feels, you know, the baby's gonna feel restricted. And, and obviously with it, it's like it's strangling the baby um, with every contraction. And so it's like, thank God that you are connected to God because when you say something told you, you know, he told you that this baby would come and your baby came and is, is perfect now. He told me, yeah, he was speaking, he's speaking and Brittany, yeah. Yes, yes. Same thing with my watch. I was saying that the other day. I was like the same thing with my, um, my watch. Like sometimes I have anxiety or I'm anxious because I'm trying to do so much as a, as a mother, as a mother, you know, I have a nine-year-old, um, a, a 10 year old to take care of my seven month old, my boyfriend, the, the boys is a lot. <laughs> and so Girl, and, then yes. have, and then I have my own goals and stuff. I want to accomplish and things I'm trying to do. And so sometimes that gives me anxiety or anxiousness because I'm like, okay, I got to cook, but then I got to do some laundry. Okay. I got to make this, or I got to go do that. And, and, you know, it gives me anxiety. And sometimes, you know, God is like, okay, slow down. 
you can't do everything all in one day. You, you're not super, you're not super woman, even though you think you are, you're not. So slow down. So my watch definitely helps because sometimes I'm sitting down and it goes abnormal uh, heart rate. And I'm like, but I'm not doing nothing. I'm just sitting here, but um, my mind might be going. And so yeah. that kind of shows me, okay, you're having some anxiety or some anxiousness and you're sitting still. So you kind of need to relax, let go. You can do it tomorrow. That's, you know, so that lets me know. Yeah. 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 It's empowering, right? I think that's what, that's what we love to do is just empower moms. And so we regret that we were not in position when you were pregnant, honestly, because there are so many things that we've been able to tell moms go in and don't leave until they address it. Go in just in case. I mean, when you've had, when you've lost a child or you've had any type of loss, it is natural for your anxiety to be higher, for things that are abnormal to scare you, for you to just want some reassurance. And because of the way the healthcare system is set up, it's not always easy for you to get that, you know? But it's neat because I think that, you know, God is probably tired of these, this happening too with these babies. And so he is giving wisdom to people who are willing to take on the challenge. And so we have places now where moms can go in and if they feel like, wow, you know, I feel like I'm getting dizzy and maybe I need to get my hemoglobin checked, they can just go in and do it. And so they don't have to wait on insurance to approve it. They don't have to go to a primary care doctor to refer them somewhere else. They don't have to wait for their OBGYN to get an opening in their schedule because it is in those critical moments. Brittany, it could have been an hour more that you were sitting in the waiting room. And regardless of how much you said, I don't feel good. This does not feel good. It feels abnormal. I've had a baby before and this is not what it felt like. You were still ignored. Mm -hmm. And so you don't know what that time period could have been, that it, if it was an hour more, a minute more, 15 minutes more, Brittany, because you could have been, if it was 16 minutes and they had already or, sent you oh, they the would have sent me home because I wasn't dilated. Right. Right. So, so like, there's other, there's other things or other parameters that we should be looking at yes. when a woman is saying that they're in pain and they're pregnant then she's not dilated. So we're just going to send her home because that's the standard. And that's why I hesitated to go in to begin with in my head. I said, "Mm, it's probably Braxton Hicks. I'm sure I'm not dilated. They're going to send me home. I kept saying, I said that like three or four times. I said, they're just going to send me home and tell me to go home because they did that when I was pregnant with my son and he's nine. So nine years ago, I don't know if anything's changed since then, but I doubt it they will send you home. And a lot of women um, at like 35, 36 black women are losing their babies right at that mark. Mm. Because just because something says, oh, your baby is, we, we, we know that you had him and he's definitely 36 weeks. Maybe the baby's 37 weeks. Maybe y'all off a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't know. Maybe the baby's just measuring small. We don't know. So we kind of are taking, there's a 1% chance there's that guess. So we kind of need to, there needs to be something in place like operations that can monitor those, definitely those final stages, because that's when a lot of women 
lose their children during that time. Um, so, and that's the hardest time because you've been carrying that baby for so long. Yeah. So we're tired of that. We're going to have to fix that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell us, cause you were talking about the anxiety stuff. How have you been so postpartum, um, just tell us a little bit about your postpartum journey and then how you decided I'm going to get back into exercising and, and everything. What helped you get there? <laughs> um, what, what was that? I don't, I don't, I want to say, um, so I've always kind of struggled. Was that my energy? Well, I've always kind of struggled um, with my weight. I won't say that I've always been big, but after I had my son, that weight never left until I actually went to the gym like five days a week and was working out. And then I lost some of that. And then after my miscarriages, I gained all of that back because it was like I was going through being pregnant, not being pregnant, all within like a two year span. So like four miscarriages, like a two year span. So it was a lot to, you know, a lot of weight gain during that time. So um, after I had him, I said, okay, if I do want to have another child, I want to be the healthiest possible. And if I'm going to make a support group for women and I'm going to say, hey, guys, I'm here with you. Let's have this community that I should probably incorporate that in my group. So I said, okay, let me have some accountability. Let me go. Let me go live every day at seven and work out for 30 minutes on live. And then whoever wants to join in, they can, or come back and look at the video. They can, it's there. It's on Facebook, right? That gives me accountability. I can't come uh, back off. Um, but then I got sick <laughs> and I had to stop that for a second. Um, but back on Monday, I will be back going live again and working out because it's time to get mommy body right okay um so yeah I just I saw that me working out or me doing some type of like physical activity during the day caused me to have better sleep at night so I was like waking up with my watch on 100% which basically means like it shows you where your sleep is the watch our operation kind of shows you where your sleep is if you're getting light sleep deep sleep um, how many hours of sleep you're getting and are you charged your energy level charged back to 100% when you wake up so I was seeing that oh I'm at 100% at like six in the morning I need to get up I need to do something um, so that's what made me like keep going I was like okay this is helping I felt better um, I, I don't really rely on the scale because the scale don't really tell me um, but even now, even though I have not worked out, I know I'm losing weight because I kind of tell like right here, the, the chin bone, I <laughs> tell that I'm losing weight because I lose weight right here first. So I know that I'm still losing weight because I'm still, I do intermittent fasting. So I'm still losing weight. Um, and I think my watch is telling me that I'm doing pretty good because I'm, I'm constantly moving laundry, cleaning after boys, it, you, seven months old. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my exercise in. It just might not be exercise per se, but we're going to be back to it on Monday. So, yeah. It's nice because, go ahead, Jessica. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I like how you said that um, you prefer to like look at what the watch is telling you about your physiology compared to a scale. 
Because the scale is just that. It's just a way it changes depending on what time of day you weigh yourself, what time of the month it is for us women, you know. So, and that's just hard. Pounds during that time. I understand. That's not it. Yeah. So that's just hard to keep up with to really track progress just because of all those fluctuations. But the watch can tell you day by day, you know, how your body is responding to the exercise. And that is something. It does help with your sleep quality and helps your body recover. Um, so I'm glad you found that balance of how to like see how yeah. how really you know your health is progressing postpartum with Operation Mist and using the watch. That's great. It is. It is because you know when you said that you work out every day. So for some people working out every day, like me, if I work out every day, my body does not like that. But I would never have known that had I not had the watch. And so it may be that prior to, you know, what happened with me during my pregnancy, my body loved working out every day. And then afterwards, now I had to adjust. But if I, you know, it's neat. It's like, if I do strength and strengthening and cardio in one day, then the next day, all I can do is the strengthening. If I do cardio for another day, my body doesn't like that. And so I think that what moms are missing is the course correction, right? They don't know if what they're doing is harming their bodies or not. And the thing is, is that our bodies aren't going to scream at us, which is why things like high blood pressure, they're called a silent killer. It's like it's going on for years and years and years and you just don't know. So for us, just like we want moms to go in and know what's going on with their pregnancy and know why are they bleeding or spotting or hurting, we want us, I mean, we need to know if what we're doing is helping our body or hurting our bodies. And you're doing that. You're doing that very, very, very well. And you should be proud of yourself and your progress and the fact that you are able to look and say, because I think the mirror, I always have this saying is um, lose the scale, find the mirror. And it really is true, right? Which you guys said about the scale, but you do want to look the way you want to look. So the mirror is the best reflection of that. So sometimes people think, and, and it's like you said, I really love that you explain what can happen between pregnancies with the hormonal shifts. You don't know why, right? Why you're gaining weight sometimes or why you can't lose weight and hormones are just, they just play a really big role in all of that. They, you know what? I, I honestly came to that realization today because I was like, Brittany, the, the scale's not moving like that, but look at you in the mirror, like that way. Yes. Girl, you doing something now, now, you doing something. Because I was like, okay, well, maybe it might take my body a year to get back hormonally to recover. And maybe that's why I, you know, put on, because I kept saying to myself, I said, you know what, I worked really hard. I was working up five days a week, you know, after I had my son to lose that weight and I did good. And what happened? All because I had a baby, I kind of eat the same way. I don't eat crazy. To me, I don't eat crazy because I'm a chef. So I know how to eat nutritiously. So to me, I'm just like, okay, I'm not sitting here eating a whole box of pizza. I'm not eating a whole bunch of ice cream. Like, why am I gaining weight? And I really think it's a hormonal thing. That's something else I want to dive into, but that's for another day. But yeah, I think definitely it's hormonal. And sometimes we kind of need to give, we see celebrities and they bounce back or we see Instagram people like, oh, I bounce back. And not everybody body is like that. You, your body may need six months to go back to normal for you to start to even lose weight again. So I'm giving myself grace. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, and Brittany, and what you're doing, like there's this, so you're contemplating on whether or not you want to have another baby, but while you're contemplating this, you're doing what you need to do to take the best care of yourself to make sure that you are as healthy as possible before you start another pregnancy journey. And that might, like you said, that might take six months, nine months, a year, however long it takes. It really doesn't matter as long as you just make those necessary small lifestyle changes. Like you listening to your watch when you're doing too much and you just taking a moment to sit and breathe, you know, you deciding, hey, I, my body's used to exercising every day, but when I'm sick, I'm going to take a break. It seems so little and so simple, y'all, but it really works. It really works, and it's working for you. You, I mean, you can see it, like you said in your <laughs> in your face, honey. The face is looking. You know when that face go down, and you know you're doing a little bit in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the interesting thing about sleep quality, because I love that you look at that metric, is that not only is it linked to better outcomes, so better pregnancy outcomes, better health outcomes. But it also allows your body time to do what it's supposed to do. So for people who have good sleep quality, their body is able to metabolize what they eat better. So it's better, right. easier for the, you know, the body to regulate the insulin, actually use it the way it's supposed to be used, as opposed to it being stored in your tissues and sitting there as fat or turning into, you know, what ends up in people's long-term being diabetes. It's like you the sleep quality matters and people underestimate the importance of it. So having a healthy lifestyle is not just eating right. It's not just moving, right? It's how do you deal with stress and how do you balance your responsibilities, whether it's relationships or work for some people or whatever, but sleep is the thing that people will sacrifice. They will sacrifice their sleep to get stuff done, not realizing that the stress that's physically on your body will make it very hard for you to lose weight at the end of the day because there are hormones that are out there. Like you said, that hormone balance, they're already out of balance. And now you said they're not sleeping and throwing them off balance even more. So you paying attention to that metric is, I mean, you're doing yourself a huge favor and may not even know it. Yeah, definitely. Because my sleep has been off and I was like, okay, I cannot work out if I don't have any energy, if my baby's up at two or three in the morning. So they just going to have to give me a little grace. I'm going to just come back in and say, hey, y'all, you know, I'm dealing with a teething baby. That's all. But I'm here. I'm yeah. ready to work. So let me tell you, when I have not had one child and I never wake up at 100%. So <laughs> you're doing something right. <laughs> I can learn from you. <laughs> Just gotta have a whole bunch of kids and then no. (laughs) (laughs) Then you start listening to your body, don't you? It's really a matter of attention, attention to the body and not ignoring it. Because at that point, after you've had children, I think, then you realize if I ignore it, somebody who's depending on me will not have the best of me, right? Because when we're single, it's like, it's okay to not have no sleep. It's okay. You know, it's not really okay. We out. No. Right? We out. We out here. No. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. This has been such a joy. Jessica, did you have any other questions for her before she tells the people where to find her and give some words of inspiration to moms? That's all I was going to ask. So Brittany, where can our listeners find you. Where is this group that you keep talking about? How can you find it? So the group is on Facebook. Um, I also have an Instagram page for it. So the Instagram is True Sounds of a Black Mom. 
that's the Instagram page. Um, I have several pages, but that's the Instagram page for this group. Um, True Sounds of a Black Mom. And then our Facebook page is Maternal Health Support for Black Women and Allies. So that nobody feels excluded. Um, I've had like some women, um, actually someone from school reached out and she's not black, but she's been through miscarriage. And I was like, yeah, girl, you can join. Come on, come on in. You know, I want people to feel as though, yes, it is our problem because just in society as a whole, we are not heard. But um I want everybody who wants that support or needs those resources to be able to access them. Um, so we are still new, but we want everybody who wants to be a part, needs support, is struggling with infertility, um, want to learn more about Operation Miss. We'll be putting up some information about that soon. Um, all of that good stuff, anything about maternal health, um, and hopefully, you know, we'll be part of Operation Mission probably all, <laughs> forever. So, you know, um, all of that information will be in the group. Um, if you would like to follow my personal page, it's uh, Chef B Sing, because um, I sing and I'm a chef. And so, you know, that's the week we're trying to bring awareness all over. So that's what we're doing. And I hope you guys join us. Wait, wait, really? Okay, wait, wait. Okay, because I know we're done, but got a question. Number one, we will be tied to you forever and ever. Forever, so, period. Yes. No did it. No doubt. And we appreciate your support so much because, I mean, we just do. You you gain nothing by promoting Operation Mist. You don't, except. Don't, but that, but that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't need. I don't need nothing because. <laughs> Whether I want it to or not, <laughs> God do what you want to do. So, yes. He'd be like, you're going to do this. This is what I told you to do. This is <laughs> I'd be like, my God, I don't even know how to do that. He'd be like, oh, okay, we'll figure it out. You know, so um, I just feel like even though I'm not like all in it every single day, my page, or I'm not making like resources and I'm not making a post and I'm not. I'm not doing that stuff on that page. I'm trying to bring attention to just me as a whole. So if I bring attention to me as a whole, then I got everybody's attention. Okay, let me tell you about Black uh, maternal health and my page yes, and my group. Yes. So I'm just using, God has already given me talents in other areas. Why he's allowed me to go through the stuff I've gone through, maybe this is the reason. So I'm trying to use that in order to help bring awareness to this platform so using chef b scenes everybody like my food and my singing videos <laughs> go ahead and follow the group and the page because that's what he cares about like that's that's the service you know what i mean like me sharing my talents that's cool and whatever but this is what he want me to do so i have to don't matter what i want i have to be obedient whatever it is because we could be somebody life the person that's supposed to change the world might be coming and we mm -hmm. the ones to save that one person we don't know you know i'm just here to do the work amen <laughs> we're happy to be doing the work with you we love you and we are so grateful that you came on and talked with us 
Thank you for listening to the Operation Miss podcast. It is our hope that you lead this conversation showered with love and empowered to live. If you are interested in being a part of Operation Mist, please head to operationmist.org to learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we can serve you.